Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, June 15th through 17th, join the Legion of Celebrities, comic book stars, animators, voice actors, and costume heroes for Denver Comic Con at Colorado Convention Center. Hundreds of dealers and artists, gaming, exciting events. Meet Glenn, Maggie, and Carl from Walking Dead, Will Wheaton, stars from Marvel and DC Comics, Star Wars, Dark Knight Rises, True Blood, Futurama, Fringe, and more. Hotel packages available. Proceeds benefit Comic Book Classroom, an after-school literacy and arts program. Proceeds benefit Comic Book Classroom, an after-school literacy and arts program. Be a hero this Father's Day and get tickets at DenverComicCon.com. In Colorado, there is only one place that has the best selection of collectibles. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. For over 27 years, Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics has been the ultimate destination for collectors. They have a wide selection of hard-to-find coins, action figures, role-playing cards. You can go over there and get yourself a copy of Dominion uh, and sports memorabilia. Hey, Peyton Manning's a Bronco. I was there yesterday. They have a signed Peyton Manning jersey. And, of course, they've got comics, which is what I go there for. All their back issues are half off. On Saturday, all dollar issues are only 50 cents. And if you sign up for a hold slot, you'll get 20% off graphic novels and comics. So stop by 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado, and tell them the real nerd sent you. Hey everybody, Ryan from Real Nerds here. I'm here with my good friend Joe of Birdman Barbecue. Joe, why don't you give us a little bit of history of Birdman Barbecue? Well, actually, it's a family recipe been passed down uh, for, uh, for generations. My wife's dad has it now, and uh, we're just now starting to bottle it up. We've got two different flavors, uh, original and spicy, so if you want a nice kick to the back of your throat, try that spicy. And now we've also got a rub, too. So uh, You know, Joe, I have to be honest. I love the spicy barbecue, and if you put your rub on burgers with a spicy barbecue, off the chain. I'm glad that you're being honest, Ryan, because that's what we like is off the chain. You know, Thank you I'm, for trying that. I'm so glad that you like that I said off the chain because what's even more off the chain is you guys go around Colorado and other places and you actually enter in contests for your barbecue sauce if you want anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we, we've entered our sauce in quite a few contests uh, and actually we, we uh, got second place uh, in the Frisco barbecue competition. So for our sauce, just the sauce, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. We've also won, you know, different categories for side items and different things like that. But the sauce winning is, was the crowning, crowning achievement. You know what's so cool about being in Colorado is I can go to places around town to pick up the sauce. Where can I get yeah, the sauce? Yeah, go to your local area Ace Hardware stores. Uh, check out Russ Barbecue in Golden. Uh, we're, and then check out your local festivals, uh, Frisco, Dillon. We're uh, hitting up all those this year. So, And also, I know, too, you also run contests on your Facebook page. If you get a certain amount of likes, you always do a free drawing for a free bottle of barbecue sauce. Where can we find you on Facebook? Absolutely. It's uh, birdmanbbq.com. Or on Facebook, I guess it's just Bird Birdman BBQ on Facebook. Uh, check it out. Uh, yeah, every 100 likes that we get, we uh, enter everybody that likes us into a drawing for a bucket of barbecue, which is a, a bottle of each sauce and one of our rubs. So Awesome. So, yeah, make sure you like Birdman Barbecue. Check out Joe when he's doing little things around town with Frisco and winning competitions. You know what the barbecue sauce is? Delicious. <laughs> Welcome to Real Nerds. Today is our one-year anniversary. We're a year older, probably not wiser, but our show is getting way better. Have you guys ever tried to listen to the first show? No, I keep meaning to. I keep meaning to. <laughs> yeah, I did. It, yeah, it you do. I didn't me. get through the whole thing. 
Yeah. Do you remember when Ryan, when Brad was a robot? Yep. Do you remember that? Yep. Oh, good times. Good times. But now we're a lot smarter. Wow, because, let's hope so. Because we do box office numbers, DVD releases, news, comics, what we watched, and we also review a hit movie, sometimes, of the week. And this week, we saw Snow White and the Huntsman with the beautiful Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Laura, tell my wife Laura is sitting next to me. Laura, tell our loyal listeners how great Chris Hemsworth is. The man is an Adonis. And that's what I look like. So, you know, you guys can't see what I look like. He looks exactly like I Chris look Hemsworth. exactly like Chris Hemsworth yeah. with a, with like Liam Hemsworth's nose, which might be an improvement. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, who knows? You know what? They're yeah. they're both really great looking guys. I think genetically they might have the same nose. So they, you know. They do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't All know. All I know is he's like. awesome as Thor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Either way, though, 52 episodes we've done this. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty that's awesome. pretty crazy. 50, actually, more than 52 because there is four real gamers sprinkled in there, and I have done three commentaries that you can listen to. You know, I have uh, Freddy vs. Jason, um, House of the Dead, and what's the other one I did? I don't even remember. Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. With Brad, which is a really good one. That one is actually really good. Yeah, and it's actually it's good timing because there's there's a whole lot of announcements this week about cool stuff we've got coming up and there and things we're changing on the podcast. It it seems like a one year anniversary for sure. It is how far we've grown. Um, so we're starting a new through, season. It is the new season. This is the better yeah. season. This or is comic book lingo volume two. Volume two. Ah. Yes. Um, so, anyways, we actually got three emails this week, and normally I do box office numbers first. But I'm going to go into emails. Is that okay, guys? Because no. it gives people a chance to. Um, Why would you ask the guys who screwed up the order of things last week when here, you weren't here? Um, <laughs> let me get these emails. Oh wait, I'll open up those envelopes, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The first email says, "This is from our friend Russell, who listens to the show a lot. Who Ooh. actually, how many episodes Brad drove to Washington D.C. with Russell? Did you guys listen to a lot on your road trip? We was, we was, I showed him two episodes." Two episodes. You're in the car for fucking like 24 hours. Um, I, I, I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> they re- they re- I have no excuse. A lot of episodes. No good excuses. Unbelievable. Sorry. Anyways, this is from Melissa. He is Asia. So he talks like I'm just kidding. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Stokes the fire. Here we go. Yeah. Um. He, anyways, intense. it's so Russell writes Brad, James, and Ryan in parentheses in order most likely to do in most likely to install robotic parts into their bodies. Um, Wait, yeah. oh, this is what the first one says? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Oh. You guys should set up Google Voice account and let people leave voicemails. Hey, that's a that good idea. That way we can leave our expletive-laced responses to the movie reviews. In other news, it's time to go get some shawarma. Thanks, Russell. Hey, Russell, good news. You can now call in to Real Nerds. Our number here is 720-663-7375. Or 7206-NERDS5. Um, Brad tried really hard to get nerds worked in there, and that's the best way he could do it. Yeah. <laughs> there weren't a lot of options. So, yes, please um, leave your voicemail, and you'll be heard on the air. Brad, you have a way to copy that. and Oh, I guess you do. I'm t- what, what, what am I talking about? You can edit it in. Yeah, take, their, pe- take people's calls, and we won't just read or repeat what you said. We'll actually put your recording on our show. Yeah. Exactly, so you can so. hear it, and then we'll respond to it, whatever you say. Now you have no excuses not to contact us. You can yeah. email us, you can Twitter us, you can Facebook us, and you can call us. It's the easiest hey, thing to do. You know what's also cool, Brad? I know you know. James, do you know? 
Um, now you can go to realnerdspodcast.com to go to we our We have website. a new website address. Yay! You can also tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us directly at realnerds at gmail.com. Of course, like us on Facebook. But yeah, so we have a really easy email address, realnerdspodcast.com. Really easy. If you're listening to us, you already know we're the real nerds. R-E-E-L. Remember that, guys. Remember. So we got a couple more from... um, from Russell. Um, this is the first one he sent. This actually came last week. I was up in Wyoming. Yeah. Opening up a restaurant. But we didn't um, want to talk about it without you. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I would. it would have been okay if you guys this did. This requires your attention. I know. Because <laughs> right away he says, Dear Brad, James, and Ryan, in order to, of ability to self-filate, meaning I have a small dick. So thanks, Russell. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I think he really wants to have sex with us. Probably. And in weird fetish ways. I know. It's bizarre. He said, I've been following Real Nerds Podcast for a while now. And I figured I would pr- provide some comments. While enjoy audio anal rumpus, as any straight man would, right away he's going to anal, so I don't know how straight he could possibly this be. This is getting weird, and it's getting weird fast. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> of course. Well, yeah, you So would. maybe the self-filate Brad's the first one. Maybe he wants you to fillet him on a Whoa. sunny drive across the country. Have to take me to dinner first. <laughs> really? I, I, wouldn't need, I mean, not to suck somebody's dick, but if you want me to fuck you, man, all you have to do is show up at my house you already bought me dinner he's at your house now ryan you can't say that <laughs> that's true um i was thinking the format could use a little more structure the beginning segment of real news is like watching two grown men whip it out and compare it's about girth guys is it um hey we can ask no, no, no. i mean the let's show ask, i don't mean is it let's about ask girth. my wife honey is uh size important and is girth important uh. not mentioning penis five times in an email is more important than size or girth <laughs> burn straight from a woman's mouth Oh, oh, good. That was the oh, slowest oh, word yeah. ever. <laughs> so bad. There was just too many places to go on that uh, one. So uh, I just, my brain overloaded. A little more meat action and less tang- tangential. Tangential. Tangential, thank you. Commentary yeah. would help me get focused on the news being delivered. Um, James, the news is your big part. Um, what do you think of that? I think it's bullshit. Um, I'm listening <laughs> to <laughs> I I love me some good podcasts, and the ones I love most are the ones that are the most tangential. Um, I don't. If, um, if for the idiot people listening, uh, uh, what does the word mean? Uh, tangential uh, bunny trails. You well, know what a bunny trail tangent. is? Yeah, okay. You know you, you go tangents, off on a tangent. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, here's the thing: anybody can listen to this podcast and hear us talk about movies and be like, "Oh yeah, three dudes I don't know said this this movie wasn't very good." That's a problem. What we need is people to listen to this podcast and listen to our banter and listen to what we say about news and things like that or if we talk about some weird thing that happened to us on the way here and then they get to know us and then they get to be our friends even though they don't actually like, you know, they don't know us in real life but they know who we are and what we actually think so that then when they get it's a more reviews, personal experience. Yeah, exactly. It actually is important to the show. Uh, I mean... I have podcasts I listen to that I'm not actually going to buy any of the games they talk about. I just like listening to those guys talk about them. You know, I think we're entertaining, too. Um, and I'll, I'll go to the next one. You know, like any good entertainment, porn, sometimes less foreplay and more money shot is worthwhile. I noticed that if the news was more were more focused on a few big topics for the week, it would be easier to transition to the next segment. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If that's the way he wants this to be... How about this? How about this? We will put a little timestamp on the blog post. Brad. So that all he has to do, he listens to the beginning, hears what we're talking about, and then he can just skip right to the climax. How about that? Because that's all he's doing in the porn anyway. So here we go, actually, in the next part. Speak of the next segment, parentheses, S, segments. Segments. Um, 
is it possible to limit each segment to a more consistent time frame and organize a show segments into consistent pattern? It's about setting up audience me expectations. If I know I'm going to get some in-depth analysis on a hit movie of the week at the 40-minute mark or in around there, it would be easy for me to navigate to that point of the podcast. You know, organize a show like a good sex scene in a vivid movie. What? You get what? five minutes of setup, pizza delivery man, uh, ten minutes oh. of news, oral, etc. Um, I'll actually um, answer that he one. He understands that porn is poorly told stories, right? <laughs> like, they're not they're not the pinnacle of storytelling that, like, yes, five minutes of, of introduction is a good way to entertain people. No. Um, I I'll actually... It's just a joke, James. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll intervene here. The reason... Um, because, I mean, he does bring up some points, and the reason I don't do a structure, because I think it's boring, Yeah, I don't want to, if Brad's talking about Canadian RoboCop, I don't want to say, <laughs> um, your 10 minutes are up, Brad, okay, time to move on. I, I don't. I think people are more fun when it's spontaneous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're not the only person to say that, Russell, so I don't take too much offense to it, but I'll tell you, I'll never do it, just so you know. Yeah. Uh, anyways, keep up the good work. There will be more to comments and feedback to come, Russell. Oh, good. Um, I really hope he has better puns in the future. <laughs> James took that really um, personally. I took it personally because he said I had a small dick. But, um, <laughs> you're you're Asian, Russell, so we should whip it out and compare. Oh, oh, oh. oh, I can't be friends with you anymore. Why? I can make fun of Asian people. They we need don't to listen. put a mic over there so people can hear the, uh, the paper land. I'm just kidding. Russell knows I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know who Russell is, but he can go fuck himself. Wow. <laughs> wow, James. Just we finally get someone. <laughs> Generous enough to write in and give us some comments and you tear him apart? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can look forward to that if you leave a voicemail. James. Leave a voicemail and then we will tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> He'll rip your anus apart. Um, and this is actually, he's harking back to a, the Star Wars episode. And I like this email because he agrees This with, I want to hear. Because he this agrees with me. Um, in your, your first February show, you guys talked in depth about Star Wars episode one. Brad and James defended the movie as the best of the prequels, and Ryan said it was the worst. While I agree with Ryan, and and we all agree that the addition of Gungans, along with the overall lack of moving story in the first episode, the movie did have some bright spots that were impressive, maybe more impressive than the other prequels. Agreed. Um, however, the overall arc of the Star Wars franchise was supposed to be about balance in the Force, and the balance was Anakin. I always felt that while the original series used Luke, Leia, Han, Chewbacca, and droids as carriers of the story, the real story is about the redemption of Anakin as a man, father, and Jedi. Looking at the original series and its arc, you can see that the actions of the main characters ultimately reflected upon Anakin, and that Lucas at the time was make uh, at the time of making the original series used visual tr- uh, tropes to show how Anakin changed over the course of the movies. Furthermore, one of the key elements of the original series was dropped from the pre- prequels. Each of the original movies featured a sacrifice by one of the main characters, showing that ultimately achieving good comes at a price. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi gave his life so that Luke, Han, etc. could escape from the Death Star. At Empire, Han sacrificed himself so Leia, uh, Leia, Leia, Leia could, would survive. Of course, Anakin found redemption in the end, sacrificing himself for his son. That's a good point. No, it really is. I, 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 I do. Know, um, I, didn't, I didn't notice that until he said it, but yeah, the prequels don't have any of that. Oh. Yeah. I, I agree, um, because... Uh, Qui-Gon doesn't die because he lets his guard down. He just gets beaten by Darth Maul. Yeah. Um, and then Attack of the Clones, who... Well, I don't remember anyone no. <laughs> giving their life in that one. Uh, the no. sacrifice was Yoda had to finally bust out. Well, Jango Fett dies. He, he does. sacrifices himself for Mace Window to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, Leia dies, or sorry, Padme dies, but... Of a broken heart. Oh, yeah, like, it's not... 
Uba. She give herself up. She has complications of childbirth. So, Uba. Yeah. Uh, you know, I actually agree with everything Russell said. That's how I always felt about the Star Wars after I saw the prequels. You know, it's not really about, um, you know, Luke and Leia. It's, it is about Anakin. It's about his um, rise and fall from grace and his redemption. But, you know, the one thing that's always, always thought was funny is about bringing balance to the Force. But if you get rid of all the bad, how does that bring balance to the Force? Yeah, it's actually quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah, but I, I get... Uh, yeah, but I agree with Russell on it. I mean, it's um, because he agrees with me is really why I agree with him. <laughs> um, no surprise there. Yeah. Well, that was fun, Russell. Right in again, yeah. do. Uh, but really he do. actually has some other things to say. About oh, shoot. It. He says, uh, here's another tie-in. After watching the, uh, the Avengers today, it seemed that Agent Coulson's death, spoilers, and sacrifice was critical. You can't <laughs> say spoilers <laughs> after you say it. No, uh, but, everyone no. in the world's seen it already. Yeah, seriously. It was you a critical seen movie, incident that brought the Avengers together. While this is, story, uh, this is a story trope used in many movies, it is based in reality. It's based in reality is what creates the connection between the audience and the characters in the story. Episode one of one of the three prequel, gosh, episode one of the three prequels was the one that was lacking in cre- in creating this connection. So yeah, Star Wars rocks, and episode one was the worst of the prequels. Wait, Cheers. Wait. How does episode one lack in connect in in creating connection? Because Wait, I don't. Who is Agent Coulson in the prequels? No, he's talking about that uh, the Avengers. Did you, did you even listen to what I just read? He didn't. Um, no, he's talking about that Agents Coulson's death brought the Avengers together. Yeah, and there was nothing that brought the prequels together. Oh, okay. Episode one, like the people that rallied him. Even though, like Brad said, Qui Gon lost, but it's just because he was overmatched. It wasn't that he was sacrificing himself. Yeah, Obi Wan. Oh, okay. I, I see what you're saying. I thought him, you were but... saying that like. There was something like that in in two and three, but not in one, and that that's oh, no, why no, no. one was that, bad. No, you're saying okay. episode one is the worst, and I agree. So thanks, Russell, for writing in, taking time because uh, you're uh, they're very long emails. Yeah, your I Star Wars one is very well thought out, and yeah. it's exactly how I feel about it. So make sure you email us realnerds at gmail dot com. You can also leave us a voicemail, like I said earlier, seven two zero six six three seven three c seven three seven five. Now we'll get into what we usually do. It's real news. Hey guys, you know what movie was number one at the box office last week? No, Men in Black Three. Oh, really? Million dollars. Wow, broke the broke the Avengers streak. Yeah, uh, not surprisingly, but Avengers still did fifty six million. Yeah. So and uh, and it's still the way better movie. It is. Um. So, but uh, what you don't have, uh, we didn't put in here is uh, over the. Uh, weekend, Avengers moved past The Dark Knight to be the number three movie of all time. Really? Um, and internationally, it went number three no, as number well. Number three grossing movie of all time. Yeah, grossing. Like people say just like all time. Like What frame of reference is that? It is uh, the number three of all time. Of all time. <laughs> I accidentally, the whole thing. <laughs> um, at $558 million now, I think. Wow. So it should close around $600 million. It has no chance of catching Avatar and Titanic, unfortunately. But, um, it, can't, yeah. it, can't at least, it can't get to Titanic's? Can't get like six hundred and one. You don't think? Uh, no, Titanic is at uh, six hundred and oh, because the three re-release. Yeah, it's like yeah. six hundred fifty. Which something. really shouldn't count. It shouldn't. Like mm. when they do that shit, it should not add back into the. But oh well. Thanks, Box Office Mojo, for your amazing stats. Absolutely. As usual, um, next week on Blu-ray. I'm not going to say DVD anymore. On yeah, Blu-ray <laughs> next week, um, John Carter, which you know um, oh, is a yes. great movie. You should guys should go see it. Yeah, I mean, in pre-order then. And I actually read I an disagree. interesting article about, um, <laughs> about the original about opening and how it was it. really good. Oh yeah, there were two articles this week. There was one about like this guy arguing that 
that the reason why critics hated it so much is just that Hollywood hates creative people, which <laughs> I don't entirely agree with, but he had some interesting points. Um, but Ian, yeah, did you watch that that different opening scene? I didn't. I, I, I don't like... This, I'm weird. I don't like seeing scenes on the internet. I wait for them. Like I yeah. have not seen any Spider-Man. Like you know the extended trailers. Well, that's different because you stuff. haven't seen the movie. Yeah, but this will like this will be on the DVD. Yeah, I, I believe it is. Yeah, um, it is. And and I'm gonna actually, get it. It's actually really interesting. You remember that scene where she's got like a device that she's building, and they come in, and you don't really know what's going yeah. on, and it breaks or something. And it's really kind of corny. Mm-hmm. It's actually that scene, but much longer, and has some depth, and is it's it's a much more I think much more interesting way to get into that world right away. Um, they they abandon it because they they were afraid that people wouldn't wouldn't quite know what was going on, you know? It was that sort of old people syndrome where they were going to be sitting in the theater going, who is that guy? I don't know. The movie just started. Maybe you should give it 10 minutes. Yeah, um, that's that's one of the things I always hated when um, people think you need to dumb down movies for yeah. people to get it. And that's why movies like X-Men and stuff really broke that, where you don't need to break it down. You don't... Do you, you, like in X2, you don't need to explain that Nightcrawler can teleport. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just does it. I mean, what's the point of... Well, and it's interesting because you remember all that Ninth Ray stuff that's in the movie that makes no sense yeah. now? In, in that scene, there is some dialogue that sort of at least sets it up so you kind of understand, oh, like, oh, cool. this is the next stage of technology and this is why like, why it's important. You don't know how it works because it's, it's, fi- it's fantasy sci-fi, so it doesn't need yeah. to work. But, but I'm um, excited. I actually like the movie and I will be getting it. Um, yeah. I'm kind of disappointed the CG is not complete. Otherwise, I'd like to see a version with that actually in it. Um, but anyway. Also, Act of Valor comes out. Oh wow, that was quick! Yeah, quick turnaround there. Yeah, um, Breaking Bad season four is available. That was very awesome. slow, but yeah, absolutely. Um, safe House is available. No house is safe. It isn't. Uh, Burn Notice season five. You know, Safe House is like the third highest grossing uh, picture this year. Yeah. No way. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's like we, third or fourth. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wonder if it's still in theaters. Maybe I can use my free ticket. No, it's not. <laughs> well. Then um, Red box it is. Journey to the center of the earth or Mysterious Island. Which one is it? Uh, Journey to Mysterious Island. Yeah, yeah the rock one. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, season eight. Wow, there's a lot coming out this week. Oh, wow. Falling Skies, season one, which I never saw, but looked interesting. It's not great. Uh, Machine Gun Preacher, which is Guy Pierce, I believe. Oh, no, uh, no, no, Gerard no. Butler. Yeah, it's Gerard Butler. Um, I wanted to see that. Yellow Submarine. Probably just a Blu-ray release, yeah. Yep, and Badass. I don't, what's Badass, Brad? Uh, it's it's uh, Danny Trejo. I thought it was going to be in theaters, but it's... Um, I don't know much about it. He's just like carrying a stick on the cover, and um, I think being Danny Trejo. Yeah, I think I think it's in the vein of uh, Machete or something, mm-hmm. but more realistic. I think so. I don't know. Or Walking Tall. Ah, it's probably yeah. Cool. That's about what it sounds like. Thanks, Digital Bits. Sorry, I'm sick. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Hey, you know what I forgot to say at the beginning of this? Let's get some real news. <laughs> Well, you have been gone for two weeks. Yeah, I, you know. It's forgiven. I, I'm a little rusty. Yeah. It's um, okay. It's fuck- only our one-year anniversary show you just fucked up. Uh, oh! oh no, you also I forgot to introduce us individually. I did. That's okay. Everybody knows who I am. Um, I'm Ryan. That's James. And Brad is the one who's spreading the zombie plague across America. Uh, yeah. That's why I didn't want to sit by him. So, uh, yeah, James, you got some news for me this week? Yeah, we got some interesting stuff. Um, we're going to start off with something we actually talked about last week, but changed a little this week. It did. So that maybe, you know, I can get your ideas about it, but we can also talk about what, they, uh, what they're what they talking about now. Basically, last week we talked about the fact that they are, they're postponing G.I. Joe retaliation by nine months. Mm-hmm. They've already been doing trailers and all this stuff and getting, you know, some good hype. Not the best 
you know, uh, reviews as far as people who have seen the movie, but some good hype, I think. I was excited to see that movie. Um, but they postponed it so that they could turn it into a 3D, they could do a 3D conversion. This week there was some news saying that they, a lot of the pickups they're doing involve Channing Tatum. Um, I, I think this was kind of clear from the trailer, but maybe it's not. Um, either way, spoilers for a movie that's not out yet and is probably going to get re-edited, but in the original script, Channing Tatum dies in the first act. I think a lot um, of the Joes do because uh, there's that scene actually, I think it's like the third or fourth trailer, the one I just saw where it's yeah. literally The Rock, Bruce Willis, and some and somebody else talking and they and he said that we're all that's left. Yeah, and, and so he's he, clearly not there. He's not in the trailers yeah. much, but basically because of how popular he's getting this year, they think that they should re-edit the movie so that um, one of two things, either so that he can be in it more or so that he can be alive so they can put him in another sequel. Um, it's still, it's kind of crazy. It, it's, yeah. it's unfortunate that they didn't just make a better script in the first place. <laughs> um, cause that sounds like that's the biggest problem. People aren't really loving the movie when they, uh, see it, but it's, um, Maybe it'll be a good thing. I was pretty mad when they did it last week. No, I think it's ridiculous. Um, I, I To me, though, too, I think, because uh, I wasn't here last week thinking about it. I mean, if it released on June 29th, I don't think it would have made any money. This is true. Because, one, you have all these big movies coming out, um, and then Spider-Man comes out th- four days later. Yeah. And it just would have got lost. It's a pretty gargantuan summer to have a, a, a middling movie come out. Yeah, and especially just getting sandwiched in between all this stuff. And um, I think people, even towards the end of June, I, I'm... You know, maybe people who burned out from that stuff from, you know, Avengers and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised that they moved it back so far. I thought maybe they'd move it to September. Yeah. Well, but if, like they, if they did that, that CG conversion would just be shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I mean, they shouldn't do it. No, they shouldn't. If they want to go and do pick up, if they want to push it back to September and do pickups and, and change the movie a little, make it better. Yeah, and and give it a September release so it does better at the box office. That sounds great. Yeah, you tell me that, and I am I'm totally there. Um, I will forgive you all your bullshit. You tell me that you're postponing it nine months so you can make it 3D because you want three extra dollars out of me. No, that's just yeah. Dumb. And I thought you brought a good point that it's so bad that they want that extra three dollars because people aren't going to go back and see it again. Yeah, um, but I'm guessing it probably costs twenty million dollars more to convert it. Probably it's not going to be cheap. No, and to do the pickup if they do a good job, yeah. With allegedly Channing Tatum, I mean, you're gonna have to pay him. I'm guessing to come yeah. back and do oh, it. Oh yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll uh, we'll have to watch the movie, and it's yeah. a shame because I did really want to see that. Uh, I don't remember what comes out. Oh no, Ted moved up to its spot. I don't think so, so because we were looking at. Oh no, Ted. Ted, Ted is June 29th. Yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you guys are old? Did you ever watch Fraggle Rock? No. Oh, okay. Did a you? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I sort of missed it, especially. Um, yeah, it was just sort of before my time. I read some of the, like I had like a musical book or something like that. Either way, uh, the people who made Rango are going to make a, the writers of Rango are going to make a movie, and they're thinking it's going to be CG instead of puppets, um, mm-hmm. which would be interesting. Yeah, um, it's not a bad way to do it. I, you know, if you were going to do a movie like that, I, I feel like the, the Fraggle Muppets, the Muppets worked and it wasn't CG, so I don't yeah. Know. I but, but I guess the only thing is this Fraggle Rock isn't well as loved as the Muppets. I mean, people know of it, but it's it's very much a cult thing. Like yeah, there's yeah, a yeah, certain yeah. group of of people in our generation who really loved that. It's people because it was on HBO, wasn't it? I it wasn't that know. the deal? I thought it was something special. It wasn't. It was just on Disney. Oh, okay, that was Laura saying that it was on Disney. Um, I thought there was something special, so that, like not everybody saw it or something like that. But I guess not. Hmm. Um, 
still, I don't know. I'm not crazy about it, but anything the guys who did Rango do, I I will see. Yeah, I mean, the uh, yeah, I watched that on streaming when I was in Wyoming. I won't talk about it because I have so much other stuff that I watched, but it was a good movie. You're right. I don't think it was my in my top ten from last year, but yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, did you guys read the the um uh the plot summary for Bindlestiffs, that movie that Kevin Smith is releasing? Mm-mm. Um, basically. Back when he did Red State, he said what he was going to start doing was Smodcast Pictures was going to, uh, it would pick up a movie that no one else was willing to pick up and tour it around the country the way that he did with with Red State, and he would go with it and do an interview with the directors and the writers and such on stage afterwards. Uh, So tickets would still be like 50 bucks, uh, but you're not really getting a Kevin Smith show. You're getting, I mean, he'll he'll be there, but it won't be just him answering. It won't be his normal Q&A. But basically, the first movie they're doing is a movie called Bindlestiffs, which... Basically, you read the plot, and it seems like a fairly, um, I don't want to say, sort of an overwrought uh, sex comedy. Uh, the plot is something like, uh, you know, three virgins go into the something, 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 and then by that point, I've stopped listening because I'm just like, this. I, I feel like I've seen this before. Like, uh, the cover is is slightly intriguing, but isn't I'll have to wait till all the trailer comes out. Isn't there some aspect of it where the uh, people who've been making the movie have been doing it over like a course of five or six years? So you're actually like you, they actually have footage of them as like uh, junior high kids. Oh wow! And then they grow up as the movie goes on because it took so long to make. Oh, I I <laughs> like hadn't Super seen 8? I hadn't seen anything about that. That sounds fascinating though. Maybe it's something else I'm thinking of. Yeah, that actually sounds really cool. Like the uh, the reach the. The kids remake of of Raiders of the Lost Ark that they did back in the nineties is like that. <laughs> yeah. Or is a bunch of kids just making Raiders of the Lost Ark that in was their in backyard? People versus George Lucas. Oh, did they show that, parts of yeah. it? Yeah, it's really hard to get a hold of. I believe. I, I think yeah. they still haven't done a DVD release. I I want to see that. Who said it was? Uh, I think in that movie, as Francis Ford Coppola said, it was the greatest fan film that has ever been made. Ah, uh, something that like that. I, I don't know. I, it might not been him. Is some celebrity guy though. Uh, there's something in the plot about the kids, uh, like they go out into the country to relive Catcher in the Rye, a book that they d- neither understand nor have actually read. Um, that just confuses me more than actually intrigues me. But, uh, I, I'm really interested to see how it does because he's doing something really interesting here, you know, dragging this movie around the country that nobody actually cares about. Um, and maybe it's going to be great. Maybe it's a, a movie that really needs to be out there. Um, but $50 for a ticket. Is a is a pretty high price to pay. Like, are are only Kevin Smith fans going to show up? Yeah, I think if it's, if it's not a straight up VSQ smodcast like a uh, evening, mm-hmm. you should probably charge less for it. Yeah, I agree. Which that is less. I mean, we paid eighty dollars for our tickets. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll see. I mean, uh, if he comes to town, I'll still probably go see it. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Probably. But. You know, uh, it's it, probably true. Now that you yeah. now that you bring it up, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> that. He's not right. But now. what if it's the movie all, sucks and you have to you know do a Q and A and people are pissed off at the movie? And I'm sure yeah. if the audience reaction is not quite because Smith sits in the back and you know tweets during everything, so um, maybe if he feels like the audience isn't warming up to it, he might decide to do you know an extra Q and A at the end or something with just him or some, hmm. most recent Smodcast stories or something. I don't know. And you know, the truth it's, is, it could always cha- you know be a live change up like that. You know. Yeah. And the truth is, like, even if you don't like the movies he makes, you listen to him talk about movies, and he's not completely stupid. Like, I disagree with him sometimes, but I, I doubt that he is dragging some shit movie around the country. Like, that's not a smart thing for him to do. Um, so it's probably pretty good, or at least, you know, fairly interesting. Um, so if they do come to Denver, right now they're they're not scheduled to, but um, 
Now you got me excited. Now I want to <laughs> go see that movie. That's funny. Um, Kevin Feig this week talked about Thor 2 and said there's going to be another, a new villain who will not be Thanos, but nobody knows who. In, uh, in Thor 2? In Thor 2. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of speculation that that's the Enchantress. Uh, that sounds like a horrible villain. Uh, she's really awesome, actually. Really? Because yes. I, I know nothing about Thor villains. Have you ever actually read Thor? Uh, I have not, but um, I do have Marvel encyclopedias. Yeah. And I read about them. And after I heard that as the Enchantress, I went back and I read about her, and it's very interesting. Huh. What does she do? Uh, she is a, well, she's a sorceress, but she's also um, like Loki and Thor, so she's immortal. Ah, Super okay. strong. And, huh. But she uses her sexuality to... Uh, to entice men to do her bidding and things like that. So you, it, it's interesting. Do you think it will be too much like Loki? Um, no, because I, to, to me, actually, I think um, Loki, even though he's a bad guy, I don't believe that he is an ultimate bad guy. You know? Yeah. he's He is still Thor's brother. And like, yeah. I mean, they've already said that the next movie is going to involve Thor and Loki kind of getting back together and having to work together yeah. to fight some, some evil. Um, so we'll but, see. Yeah, I would kind of expect that it would be more like that they would take a villain out of Guardians of the Galaxy and throw it in here. Yeah, maybe. So that maybe it's not necessarily considered one of the big Thor villains, awesome but it's a Marvel awesome villain. Droid. Yeah, there's a villain yes. called Awesome Droid, and it's this big block villain that uh, android that can morph into things. <laughs> so it's a transformer, but it only turns into instead of a car, it turns into a block. Uh, you know, I've never read a comic with him, but I just read his profile right. and yeah. what he looked like. That's Looks, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Thor 2 seems like a good place for them to start uh, sowing the seeds for that Guardians of the Galaxy movie because yep. it, it is the best you know, cosmic movie that Agreed. they have. But, uh, and then just one last little bit is that Ridley Scott really wants Harrison Ford to be in his, bra- his Blade sequel. Um, he wouldn't be a, a main... Blade Runner. Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. <laughs> yeah. No, no. You can't say Blade. He, really, he really wants... He fights Wesley Snipes. <laughs> oh, man. He's Dracula. <laughs> Pay your goddamn taxes. That's the whole movie. Um, only, only, <laughs> only he. That's only, Wesley Snipes joke. <laughs> <laughs> only he would mumble more, more than that. Um, uh, so yeah, his Blade Runner sequel. It, it would be like a little cameo, pretty much. Um, maybe, maybe a little more than that, because the main, the main character is a is a female lady, is a lady, lady woman. But um, still pretty exciting. I really want to see that movie, and I want to see Harrison Ford in something good. Yep. So bad. That would be cool. Yeah. I just want to add something uh, really quick. Uh, I don't. Me and Brad were watching the MTV Movie Awards before you come up, and usually that's a thing still. Yeah, usually it's really you know whatever because Twilight won Movie of the Year. Just so you know. Yeah, but wait, this year? Yeah. Oh my! But uh, there was a great moment, and I, just because it it made me happy, um, Emma Stone won the first annual Trailblazer Award, and she went up there and gave the sweetest speech, and she was crying, and it, it was amazing. And, and she basically told, said, thank you for giving me this award, but she kind of hinted that she doesn't quite believe in it. Yeah, she, that she's <laughs> not a trailblazer. She thought, you know, real trailblazers are Gil, Gilda Radner, Charlie Chaplin, and, and people like that. And oh. it was And beautiful. while she looks up to them, um, she doesn't actually follow them in her own 
career because she wants to stay unique and different. Yeah, and wow. she told everybody that that what makes you unique and what makes you a trailblazer is being yourself. Yeah. How fucking amazing is Emma Stone? I love her. Oh man, that's yeah. too cool. Yeah. You're gonna make me YouTube the MTV Awards, Just aren't you? Uh, YouTube her speech because it's oh, amazing. Oh wow. Well, you should also YouTube it to see the awesome Dark Knight footage. We oh saw. yeah. Oh, was Dude, there some yeah. new footage? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Oh, and how cool it, new stuff. How cool is Christopher Nolan? Like he's just walking out in this three-piece suit, and he's talking about how great the uh, Bruce Wayne story is, and that he hopes that he delivered a, a fantastic ending that everybody deserves. Oh man, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, they they uh, AMC sort of spoiled this week, or not spoiled, but leaked this week that the runtime is two hours and forty-five minutes, which Ooh. makes me no longer afraid that that movie has too much stuff in it. It's awesome. Two hundred two hours and forty five minutes. You well, can pretty much I tell saw, any story. Like, it has to be three hours because it's like an yeah. epic. Ooh. Oh, that sounds awesome! I am gonna have to pee in the middle of that movie. And what makes uh, what makes those guys so clever when they um, do it is they only give you like little flashes of what's happening in the movie, so at least right. speculation and what's really going on. And uh, well, and, and because you're not getting long shots, like this has always been my problem. The reason I don't watch every trailer like why i haven't been watching prometheus trailers or david fincher trailers is if i see a a long clip from a shot and it's a cool shot Mm -hmm. i will remember that shot and it will be less thrilling when i see it in the movie um when they do just tiny little quick clips and you just think like oh what did i even see just there Mm -hmm. i i forget it by the time the trailer is over um it's the way to do a badass trailer like that yeah, yeah. This one had a ton of little ones, so it, yeah. I remember being cool, but I can't really. Yeah, I can't. Remember. Yeah. Like, uh, the one I remember. Like I know the... Bane catches Batman's fist and says, "Like, let the games begin." And <laughs> yeah. um, Catwoman is tied distracts to some guy, and then Batman's and... behind that guy. Oh, it's... yeah, it's awesome. She's... I probably won't watch it. <laughs> I will probably just wait. But that sounds really cool, and it makes me excited for that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time I see something new for that movie, can we fast forward to July? Yes. Yeah. Well, no. What, what I was telling um, Brad is. You know, the first Spider-Man trailer, I was really apprehensive. And then, same with The yeah. Dark Knight. I, mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck is this thing? But then they started releasing a little more, and I started yeah. getting a little more excited. And I think uh, they're both going to be amazing. Yeah. Literally. But no, we can't fast forward to July, because my most anticipated movie is between now and then. Yes, so it is. So, you're just going to have to wait, sir. That's right. Madagascar 3, James's <laughs> most favorite movie this year. You know, you know, James, I hate to disappoint you, but I was on Rotten Tomatoes today. Yeah. And Prometheus Tomato Meter is lower than Madagascar 3. <laughs> is it really? It is. I'm oh. not joking. I don't give a shit. That movie's <laughs> going to be great. <laughs> it should be. Actually, I think it has the potential to be the most surprising movie from this year. I think so. I well, think, I think yeah. If it goes the way I think it will, I will be very impressed. You mean as far as performance or just quality? Uh, Yeah, like just plot, like ideas. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I thought you meant like that it was going to be... You know, some huge blockbuster because everybody's gonna love it. But I, I yeah, really I don't, don't think, expect yeah, that. I don't think it'll be a big. Uh, it might make two hundred million, maybe. Yeah, I'm thinking it's I'm a tough sell. It's, oh, yeah. Only because it's a rated R sci-fi movie, and uh, the subject matter is dark. And yeah, you know, it'll be hard. But I, I want it to do well. Yeah, because then we get more of them. Oh, because I, the selfish part of me wants to see more movies like that. I just want Damon Lindelof to work more. That would be sweet. Brad, you got any news? No, I'll keep it short this week. Cool. Cool. Um, so in Comic Corner this week, guys, I've been away for two weeks doing the comic book part, so I will... Um, well, that's too bad, because it's James's turn. James, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> you dick. Just kidding. No, no, I'm really glad, because I totally forgot about this segment. So go um, right ahead. No, because it'll actually tie into what I've been watching. When I was in Wyoming, I watched a lot of um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
um, because there's there's two little bits of news I will say. Um, so I started watching Buffy, and then it really made me um, miss the the universe of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And the reason I'm starting to watch a lot of Buffy again is I have been penciled in to moderate the panel with James Marsters at Denver Comic-Con. Who's James Marsters? He plays Spike on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. So um, hopefully that my pencil will become ink and I will be there um, doing that, that is too cool. panel. Too, too cool. And uh, while I was in Wyoming, too, I be- before I left, I went to a comic book auction and I got this book called uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Panel to Panel. And it's all just a bunch of behind-the-scenes kind of comic book art and the covers from the series that Dark Horse did. And it got me really excited. So I went and I got Buffy the Vampire Slayer Tells. After the show ended, Joss Whedon came to Dark Horse Comics and said, Hey, I want to do a comic series of Tells uh, of the Slayers, where we just tell maybe 10 pages of Slayers throughout the generation, because once in every generation, a Slayer is born. And uh, so basically, the stories are written by Joss Whedon and people who wrote for Buffy the Vampire Slayer on TV. Right. P- paired up with amazing artists. So, the, is, it, is it two stories an issue? Two stories an issue. Cool. Um, so I got the trade paperback that also has the deluxe one that also has Tales of the Vampires, which mm. they also did, which is following the vampires. Um, so uh, the one that really stood out to me, I've I've read almost all the Slayer ones and uh, is... The very first one, well, it's actually the second story in it, but it's written by Joss Whedon, and it's drawn by Tim Sale. If you don't know who Tim Sale is, he did um, like Spider-Man Blue, Daredevil Yellow, uh, Batman Along Halloween. Um, He's a really cool artist. Yeah. And the whole thing takes place in the 1600s, and it's about this girl who's a slayer, but it's it's told through her watcher, but it's also a poem. What? And it's amazing. And because she... She's a uh, she loves God and it's about how she's doing it for God and her watcher is basically a clergyman uh, a father yeah. and so uh, this town is besieged by vampires and so she goes and vanquishes them all she kills them all and uh, so she thinks she's done good and then it, the poem keeps on going I thought it was the last page when she killed the evil vampire in this book is the Lord and I say oh this is really good and then I turn the page and it's still going. And in it, she's asleep in her bed, and they grab her, and they burn her at the stake because they think she's a witch, the uh. slayer. And uh, and the watcher is telling the story that, you know, most people die from smoke inhalation and suffocate, but because she's so strong, she doesn't die, and she screams as she dies. Uh. And then the last panel is, uh, it says, God is good, and then it goes on, that, but he doesn't live here anymore. And the last panel is the watcher disheveled in a, in like an alley and in the background there's all these vampires running rampant dude it's brilliant. oh that sounds awesome it's it's great and the other stories in it are really good too um there's a really cool twist in one of them and you really should pick up because it's written by yeah the writers of the tv show so they have Is, a, who who wrote that that one particular episode was it joss joss did the the yeah did the poem one. okay and yeah that's too cool when i'm done reading i'll let you borrow because i was just gonna say it's beautiful please do it's it's freaking beautiful and yeah. like the art is so good in it and oh man i'll have to check that out i bet that uh people listening could pick up a copy of that or at least order a copy at colorado coins cards and comics. they can it's uh it's, it's only 30 dollars, but if you go to coins cards and comics 20 percent off if you have a hold slot no 
all the graphic novels are 20% off. Really? Yeah, you can just go there and wow, pick it up. Wow, what a deal. It is. People should go over there and check it out. It is, and it's hardcover, and it's beautiful, and I haven't got to the end, but there's also two stories about vampires that take place in between season eight. So it's they're brand new stories that they put just in this book. So if you read it, it's like a prequel to season eight of the comic book. That's really cool. So, Have you seen the um, the season eight? hardcover that they did no i haven't oh my gosh it's gorgeous i uh i was at a mile high this week because i um well i was picking up a few things and mm-hmm. they had the new idw trade for the cape and then right next to it was this giant season eight hardcover awesome. it's just gorgeous you know, i one, want it so bad the one thing though. that because you let me borrow um lock and key and um then the dark horse ones idw dynamite mm-hmm. entertainment um i don't know why marvel and dc don't make their graphic novels as cool as them yeah I don't know. Well, I I have a feeling that they probably don't. Well, they might sell as well. I feel like the people who read a lot of Marvel, it would be interesting to see. The people who might read a lot of Marvel, I feel like would read it in issues. Maybe that's right. I mean, trades. I would love um, for them to do um, like you could take any Spider-Man story and then do the um, do the you know the normal stuff, but in the back have you know the script or what they yeah. thought of or what the original ideas were like they kind of yeah. did uh, when i gave you the cravens last hunt oh yeah where you know the introduction by the writer was really well good. or like you know the real important ones like spider-man blue has that and, yeah you that's know, true spider-man blue has a pretty Spider-Man great the beautiful the absolute editions of like long halloween and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the absolute and yeah they yeah. do that they do do it they do but it's not but even, expensive yeah but yeah but, but like the, it seems the independents care more about i guess because they can sell them better that way but yeah, it, 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 and, and because since they're they are often short shorter runs or you know limited guess, series yeah. and things like that, uh, it's stuff that people may not actually read issue to issue. You know, because if it's sixty issues, people will come in at thirty and things like that. Uh, so that does happen. So yeah, it's called. But buff. none of none of them are as beautiful as those IDW no. trades. Man, no. so uh, art. It's called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's just called Tales, and it has Tales of the Vampires and Tales of the Slayers in it. Cool. It's only $30, but with 20% off, you know, you're paying like $23. And it's like 290 pages long. Wow. And it's an oversized book, so even the art looks really good. Um, it's a beautiful book, so you should pick it up. That's yeah, it for that Comic Corner this week. <laughs> so we'll jump right into what we've been watching. Yeah, let's start with you, because you've been I, gone yeah, for a week. I already should kind of spoiled. Um, the major thing I've been watching is I've been re- um, familiarizing myself with Buffy the Vampire Slayer and going through, um, because I was in Wyoming and I had nothing else to do because you're in Wyoming, um, I, I watched the first and second season in a week. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the thing I, I, because I haven't seen them in so long, rediscovering characters, rediscovering dialogue, rediscovering character moments and cliffhangers and things like that. And now that I'm more mature even, um, you know, reading them. Yeah. Uh, it, dude, it's, I mean, I, I was, I have my season three to sing out right now and I still have the ads where it's like, pick up season four on DVD, uh, June, 2003. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that's, that's how long I've had these DVDs. Yeah. Sets. And, yeah, yeah. uh, so to me, uh, going back and rediscovering it was really fun. And, um, I love the Buffy character. I love Sarah Michelle Geller, And, um, but you know, as, now that I'm older, I find myself loving the character of Giles more. I appreciate him more than a long time ago. Oh, he's fantastic. Um, I mean, there's just moments where he, he, you know, his, he, at the beginning, Buffy's just his slayer, but as a series progresses, he definitely becomes her father. Oh yeah. And how he protects her. And I mean, there's just, 
so many character moments and uh, the first season it, you're not a big fan of, but I actually enjoyed it watching it again. It's not that I'm not a big fan of it. I think that it, it shows them, it, you can see them sharpening their teeth. You can see yeah. how 90s it is. You can see the budget. Uh, all of that stuff is very transparent, and they are trying really hard to make it as good as they can, but there are a lot of limitations on that first season. Um, but I will say, like, Prophecy Girl is actually one of my favorite episodes. Um, spoilers, Buffy dies in it. Um, but, you know, just the whole setup, and there's, oh, man. And when I'm getting older, things make me, like, choke me up that they never did when I was younger. Yeah. Um, there's a part where Giles is talking to Angel, and he's talking about the prophecy, and the prophecy is if Buffy... F- fights the master who's the oldest living vampire anyone's ever known Mm -hmm. um she will die and she overhears it and she's she starts uh laughing then she starts crying and she says does it hurt when she dies i'm like it does probably and uh, in just that moment where she's helpless and she's scared yeah and the she walks away and she's terrified and she's not going to face the master but then when she rallies and she decides she is going to fight the master. You just get all stoked for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when, you know, the master bites her, but he doesn't kill her. And he drops her in water and she drowns. And Xander saves her life. And when the master's up on thing, he's all excited because he got out of his entrapment. And then Buffy shows up and um, he says, it can't be. You're dead. And Buffy says, I am dead. But damn, I look good. And it's <laughs> like, yeah. And she fucking kills him. And. Uh, then season two with um, Angel turning into Angelus and so many great moments. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just loved rediscovering that show. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to check it out again soon. You do. And I, I, like I said, I was telling you, one of my favorite moments is Angel because he's um, you know, he's a vampire that has a soul. It's a really long story. But anyways, he, he falls in love with Buffy and... Um, Giles is talking to him in the stacks at the library and he says, uh, you know, Giles says, a vampire in love with a slayer. How wonderfully poetic. And Angel says, yeah, you know, I spent 140 years brooding, being living in the dark and <laughs> just how it's delivered is classic. Um, so I, I think everybody should, besides my wife who doesn't like Buffy because she sucks, um, you should watch Buffy and enjoy it because it is from so many great moments. And when I was watching it, they had so many like hero shots of Buffy, meaning like a is using a crane and is zooming in on her and swooping around and just reminded me of Avengers. You know what? You know what that show makes me think of? It makes me think that what really makes a good, strong female protagonist is um, her ever having dialogue. I just want to throw that out there. We'll get to it later. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, I also saw with my beautiful wife, what to expect when you're expecting. Oh, really? Um, it is a delightful the Anna, the Anna romantic Kendrick movie. Yeah. It's a delightful romantic comedy. You guys should definitely not go see this movie because <laughs> The movie is fucking terrible, except there is two saving graces in this movie. No, it's not the... Uh, um, you might think it'd be Anna Kendrick, but her story is not that good, unfortunately. Uh, um, I really wanted to torture Elizabeth, myself through that. Elizabeth just Banks year. and the guy who plays her husband are amazing in it. Oh, yeah? Because Elizabeth Banks, I think, is a great comedian. Yeah. And she has great timing, and I think she's really funny because she, um, she plays a character who can't get pregnant, but she has like a baby store. And uh, and she talks about how great it is to be pregnant, and her pregnant turns out to be really painful and hard, and um, so it's kind of cool. Um, and she's really funny in it. And uh, what did Laura think? Laura, what did you think of what to expect when you're expecting? I was a little disappointed because they did make it like most movies marketed towards women overly sappy, but Elizabeth Banks was hilarious, and in, in I don't know, I still liked it. She would. Um, but actually, Tom Lennon's in it, and he's um, 
Officer Dangle. On, I love Tom Lennon. Uh, Reno nine one one, and he's part of that man group, which isn't that funny, except for the kids. Pretty funny in it, Chris Rock's kid. But the the really funny part is I forget the guy's name. His name's Joe something. He's in True Blood. He's like the really buff guy in True Blood. Oh yeah yeah yeah. But, um, I forget it, who that he is. An, that that annoying wolf boy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Tom Lennon's character wants to be like his character so much, named Davis. So the whole time, uh, like he always tries to get his high five while on this thing, and he just ignores him. And then the one of the last shots in the movie, he's wearing the same clothes as the guy Davis guy, and then he mm. gets a high five, and Tom Lennon's like face is priceless. <laughs> so those are the two best parts of what to expect when you're expecting. Wow. That's um, too bad. Yeah. I did not expect that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's been over there brooding. The, like, the movie this did not is gonna be so deliver good. the goods. Brad <laughs> <laughs> is so proud of himself. Uh, me and Laura also saw today Piranha 3 Double D. No way. I, is it in town? N- no, we rented it on um, Dish Network on Video On Demand. Oh, that's a thing. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, we did because it was $5. What? So, you know, whatever. And it was only worth $5. No. Yeah. <gasps> there are some really funny parts in it like uh david hasselhoff of course the cool thing now is what neil patrick harris did in harold and kumar is he plays himself but not really himself so david hasselhoff's in it playing not himself but himself uh. um so there's that that part's really funny um christopher lloyd is really good in it for yeah. the three minutes he's in the movie oh man um but the rest of the movie sucks <laughs> like the gore isn't that good um, the piranhas attacking is that good because obviously they didn't have any money. Um, How's the three double D? Well, we couldn't see in three D because I have a two D TV, um, but there's lots of tits in it. But yeah, it sucks. I mean, the the best, the, my favorite part in the movie is David Hasselhoff was wearing a patch that said the the Hoff watch instead of Baywatch, so that's kind of funny. Um, and he made fun of this stupid ginger kid. That's funny i don't think any of that's funny i don't think i'll like that movie you won't that I makes me so sad by theaters yeah so it's the same i mean it's the same people who made the last one and, and I, yeah it's um yeah it's, what happened it's not good Lori, what do you think of it it was awful it made me really sad because i was a huge huge fan of the first one and it almost to me seemed like they tried to make it really over the top like the last one was, but it was so forced and it just ended up not being funny or gross, which was the whole point, I think. Yeah. yeah it's almost too meta. Does that make sense? Like, yes. It's too aware of what it is. Yeah. Um, Ving Rhames is in it briefly with the dude from the uh, the league. The dude who has like the space teeth. I forget his name. He's always a, like... Oh, Paul Shear. Yeah, Paul Shear. He's uh, he's in it. They're, they're actually well, that, they're she- oh, yeah, pretty funny, but... He died in the first one, I think, didn't he? Ving Rhames? No, no Paul Shear. Did he? Yeah. yeah, he's the cameraman. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't Probably. know if he actually dies, though. But I think uh, he did he just die off camera, you know? like <laughs> Oh, die we, off we, camera. We, like, we saw him, like, fall in a pit of piranhas, but then I think he, you're right. Yeah, I thought he escaped. did die, but... Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And then the movie was, like, an hour and ten minutes long. What? But it had, like, a 15-minute, like, blooper reel at the end. Uh, so they just padded wow. the movie. It wasn't good. That's so depressing. It, it's you know what it sounds like. It sounds like a like a pirate sequel or a Matrix sequel. We yeah. were talking about this last night about how you know they they think they know what's cool about that first movie and then they don't. They they <laughs> take they they take that stuff to the next level and make that even bigger. And you end up going like, well, wait, you forgot about the stuff that we really liked. Like, what? what you happened? know, I did remember there is one part that actually did make me laugh out loud. Um, Katrina Bowden, Bo- Bowden, who plays yeah. uh, who's in Tucker and Dale, who's really cute in it in this movie she kind of plays this airhead 
Um, she goes skinny dipping and a piranha swims up, swims up her vagina. And then she has sex with this one guy and it bites his dick while he's fucking her. And anyways, uh, so he has to cut off his dick and they're in the hospital and uh, <laughs> you see her next and they said, oh my God, what happened to her? She said, I had sex with Jeff and something bit him in my vagina and he had to cut off his penis. That was her line. <laughs> but she said, so it's, it, <laughs> she said it so matter of factly that it was actually kind of funny. Oh man, you were telling that you were you were telling that story is like here. This is the thing I remember that was funny, and, and every word I just kept going, no, yeah, no, it, that's the, too the, far. The build up wasn't leading up to, but how she just said the line was funny. Yeah, exactly. Her del- her delivery of a bad line. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but and and then the last thing I saw, and um, you guys can chime in for sure, is I saw Men in Black three. Did you now? I did, and it's competing with Dark Shadows of the worst movie of the year. Ah. Uh. I feel like you went into that no, expecting it to be bad. No, because I did. You take my word and say like you know, I go into every well, movie expecting well, it to be wanting it to be good. You know, I went in there. Remember Battleship? I'm like, you know what? I'll give this a fair shot. Yeah. I like Battleship. Yeah, I say the same thing with Men in Black. Um, good. Okay. All right. I, I nothing redeeming about it at uh, all. Uh, can, can I talk about it, Brad? Fuck! <laughs> I let you talk for like the last thirty minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, they're no, they're okay. Um, so the beginning. Uh, I didn't, uh, the, the villain, what was his name? Boris, the Boris, the animal, the animal. Oh my God. Okay. It's just Boris. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, he laughed when you did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the intro there is not great. Like that thing. So the reveal on the moon is cool, but the, yeah, that, that intro that is cool. not great. And then you're right. You know, when I saw the font, I'm like, Oh cool. Men in black. <laughs> um, <laughs> the typography is still good. And then, you know, we go to the movie and, uh, uh, re- refresh me. What, what happens at the beginning of the movie? Uh, the things that you said would happen. Yeah, which exactly. Was it. Um, so <laughs> there, there were there was a, there were a couple so, of scenes so where like he was he was so flashy what, thing what, what, in people. What struck me is because I listened to the podcast after I list, watched the movie because I because our podcast spoils things and you know we make it yeah. clear that we do. Yeah. So I watched the movie and I listened to your podcast and uh, the one thing that I was really disappointed in with James, a storyteller, and James, a movie fan. Is you said the pacing was really good. I thought the pacing was terrible in the movie. Well, because to me the movie actually seemed like they wrote skits and then they put this overarching story to tie the the little skits they put in the movie. Mm. Because everything was a setup, and then you know then the whole time travel thing happened, and then uh, so I I I think I said that. I, I never felt that way about it. I think when I said that, and maybe I didn't make myself clear, what I really meant was that that it it keeps its momentum. Like, it, it is always moving on to the next thing, and so I never felt like, like with Dark Shadows, it just lags and takes its time doing nothing, and I get so bored that when there's a scene in Men in Black that's not great, which there are, there are scenes in that movie that are not great. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't say any of the scenes are, are really great, but... Um, when there's a scene that is is bad, they move on pretty quickly. You know, if you don't like the jokes about what he's saying after he flashy things somebody, yeah. it's it's you know, it's ten seconds and then it's gone. The one thing I am surprised is how many times they said shit in the movie. I oh, swear Will Smith said that a whole bunch. I should now I have to tell you this story because that movie came out when I was in the fifth grade, mm-hmm. and Mick and RJ, who have been here for podcasts before, uh, owned the book, and I I remember us sitting together in a little huddle, flipping through that book and laughing every time they they typed the word shit into the book because <laughs> we thought it was cool, so cool that people were writing swear words into a novel. Like, you could do that. And so it, shit specifically yeah. is the word that we were always laughing at. So, but, you know, and then th- I will say there's there's two parts that I really did enjoy, actually. 
I thought when he jumped off the Empire State Building and it was time traveling, I loved that the background was the time was changing with him. Yeah. The farther he fell, the more it changed. I thought it was, it was a cool. It was a really cool visual. That thing. was interesting. Um, I thought Josh Brolin was really good being Tommy Lee Jones. It's just so impressive. Um, but the uh, the whole setup was just so ridiculous to me. Um, the the guy who could see in the future, I didn't mind his character. Um, I thought it was cool when he saw, you know, the different reality of the Mets winning the World Series when he's out there. Like, That's pretty interesting. Yeah. But then Boris just happens to show up and just happens to take him off on a motorcycle. Which which we did talk about yeah, that being the worst scene in the movie. He did. But then the, uh, you know, they kept on, uh, ha- uh, you know, telling you, oh, Cape Canaveral, something happened in Cape Canaveral and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So you're going in and you're saying, oh, you know, maybe Agent J dies because maybe that's why he's so protective of him. Right. But that wouldn't make sense that Agent J was actually in the future. So I'm like, okay, that's not what happened. Um, so, you know, they go and do their thing up on the it's rocket. The launch pad, yeah. And uh, they get down and... At this point, very much spoilers for Men in Black, by the way. Yeah. You know, they go through and um, that... The uh, the army guy dies, and then the kid just happens to come out of the car, and it just happens to be Agent J. See, to me, that's terrible. Yeah. I, I I think that it is. It's a shame the way they reveal that, but I think that the the idea behind it, the this idea that K has been watching over J, and that that's why he is this way around J, is really cool. Like, you didn't feel like that. No, that no, brought me, some just, some weight to their characters. No, to me, it just felt like oh, we have to tie this together somehow. But it ties together really well. Or I, See, I, I think I, I it don't did. Think so I thought it was just uh, melodramatic and whatever. And then you oh, know yeah. he said that he arrested him. How did he arrest Boris when he turned into that monster and leapt at him the first time? That would be more interesting to me than shooting him with a gun that made him explode. Because of Boris, the monster turned into a bunch of things. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, no, I hear you. But yeah, I just the whole movie was just. Not good. You didn't like that scene where Boris uh, talks to the hippies and the no. hippies start laughing and, and he opens his mouth and goes, ah, ha, 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 ha. You didn't like that? No. Nope. Ah, damn. Just couldn't get into it. Well, still better than Dark Shadows. I don't know how you can say that. I said it's competing. I didn't say it was worse. It's just not, nothing in that movie excited me. I was never excited in the movie. Hey, that's um, what makes the world go round. And why did he have to have chocolate milk again? And then they just decided that wasn't important anymore. It was a. It's, a, it's, just, it's just an arbitrary fact of. Time travel. Time travel yeah. Well, no, no, no. It's just like in the first movie where uh, when bugs get to Earth, they really like sugar water. Like it's the same kind of like, you know, it's this yeah. weird sci-fi where, but, you know. But then Agent O, Emma Thompson, just is like, oh, you must have traveled through time. Dumb. Eh. Well, yeah. Well, even Tommy Lee Jones has those moments where it's just like they know these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. But collected that information. That, that thing bothers me because it's just to me, it's she's, oh, I'm here for exposition. Just like the the character who could see different realities. I'm here for exposition. And I admitted that that character and is, so, is th- that's there because they to could, get them They couldn't the figure end, it out. And all they had was a bunch of scenes cobbled together. And then they decided they're going to make Agent J's dad be killed. I don't know. I thought it was more fun. And that, that turned Tommy Lee Jones into a grumpy guy who puts cheddar on his pie. Cheddar on pie is delicious. Have you ever guys ever had cheddar no, on pie? I would you not should do that. fucking try it. Okay. It's really good. Like melt some cheddar onto a warm piece of apple pie and you like it's it's amazing. To how, recap, how good it um is. <laughs> watch Buffy, don't go see Men in Black 2, 3, both of them. Actually, yeah, don't see either of those. Well, um and don't see, Men see Men what, what to expect want. when you're expecting. Yep, that's it. Cool. That's what I watched. Brad, what did you watch this Brad? week? 
why don't you go first? Okay, sure thing. Brad's still not feeling well. Um, for my David he looks Mamet, great. He does. He does. He always looks great. For my David Mamet movie this week, uh, I rewatched Ronin, which. That's- David Mamet, I didn't even know. It, well, here's the thing. It is. Uh, he is one of the two screenwriters on it. It's not his story, but he's one of the two screenwriters on it, though he is credited as Richard Wise, um, but it's David Mamet. Um, though it, it really doesn't feel like Mamet, and and I will probably take it out. When I do my list of favorite David Mamet movies, this certainly won't be on it, mm-hmm. and I might not even put it on the list as far as movies that I watch because it really doesn't feel like him. Um, I didn't like it when I first saw it, and I don't like it now. Uh, there's some really cool stuff in it. It's it still has one of the best car chases yeah. of the last twenty years. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the characters are so shallow. I feel like, mm. and there is so little as far as actual plot to hold on yeah. to that there's not a lot of stakes yeah. and it's long. Yeah, I thought I think it's boring. Yeah, it's over two hours long and nothing is really happening. Um, and it's really a shame because the actors are all great. The, there's some really interesting stuff going on but if they had just cut out some of the middling character stuff that they have and added more plot i think it would have been really cool um and and there is never any great mammoth dialogue there's a couple of lines that sort of feel like him but i don't even remember them now because they are they are so few and far between um so don't see ronan and don't look for it on my list of (laughs) of favorite david mammoth movies um it's kind of disappointing because i was hoping that i would watch it again and, and really love it this time but uh, didn't happen. Um, Brad, I watched Sherlock. All three episodes of Sherlock. Excellent. Um, Should we jump to the third one? Yeah, I mean, spoilers <laughs> for Sherlock if you haven't seen it. Um, well, we don't have to spoil. Wait, it wait, too wait, much. wait. It's okay. Robert Downey Jr. is not in this one. You can spoil it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and here's the Robert thing. Downey's my Sherlock. What we're gonna talk about is stuff that you knew was gonna happen in a Sherlock story, um, which is that at the end of season two. He and Moriarty face off at the edge of something tall, and at by the end of the scene, they are both dead? Um, Question mark? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know Sherlock's coming back, and the truth is, you can kind of see it. They make it a little obvious based on the fact that paramedics will run around the corner all of a sudden, um, but... Why? What did you think? Did you like that episode? I, I'm not actually crazy about their, their depiction I'm of Moriarty. I'm just so baffled by what how that ended like yeah it's so i don't have left field um and it's so grounded in reality that i don't know how they explain like they rolled him over it was him yeah and i feel uh i don't know like the only thing i can think of is uh to explain it is uh cloning here's what i will tell you um i really like stephen moffat i do and I think that his Stephen Moffat's the guy who, who created this show, and he's the showrunner on Doctor Who right now. Um, and I like his Doctor Who, except for when he is doing big, overarching stories. The stuff that he wants to be really epic, I think, always comes across as cheesy and melodramatic. Um, he, he's, I, I feel like he sort of missteps every time that he wants something to be really cool. Um, River Song, for example, is the worst thing to ever happen to Doctor Who for people who are watching. Um, and and that's how I feel about Moriarty. I don't think Moriarty is a very interesting character in this series. Um, that first episode was great. That first episode with uh, with Irene Adler was, was fantastic and what I wanted out of this season. Um, and I really, looking back at this season, it's only three episodes, but comparing it to season one, I think season one is a much stronger season. Um, the second episode about the 
um, How to the Baskervilles. How to the Baskervilles is, I think, even weaker than the than the weakest of the season one episodes, which is also that middle episode. Uh, and in that finale, there's some cool stuff with Moriarty, but yeah, um, like when he steals the crown jewels, that's a fun. Yeah, montage. but it still never quite makes sense. Like, I don't know. Like, he's just not quite there's good a, enough. There's a lot of stuff going on in the episode. That's what another thing was like. I I'm so baffled because there's just so many threads to follow. And yeah, it feels like it's going one direction and then decides to go another, and you don't really feel feel like you know why. It's just that he he adds twists to make it twisty rather than make yeah, it interesting. I already have a hard enough time keeping up with Sherlock because he's always explaining all the calculations he's making and then all of a sudden it's like he has this <coughs> personal crisis and trying to decide like what to do um once moriarty kills himself and then like in order to save everyone else you know, yeah it's just like the, what is whoa the plot twists the plus plot twists don't feel like they do in in a in a really well scripted movie you know a nolan movie or, or a david fincher movie or something like that where you feel like the villains the villain's ultimate plan is being revealed to you as you go along like that it really is like like once you see the whole plan you realize oh that was actually a pretty good plan it, it doesn't feel like that it feels like writers trying to keep you on your toes and change things and make things that are cool and and i i really think that is stephen moffat's weakest point um so it, it's a shame uh i will still watch more of it and i love those characters and it's you know so but how do you think sherlock faked his death um i'm not entirely sure he's only he's only jumping off of a third story building they're gonna say that like he knew how to fall so that he only breaks his legs or something and goes but but the fact that the fact that he had paramedics already there they're gonna say like oh he knew he knew he's so smart that he knew ahead of time but it's it's not interesting it doesn't matter to me how he fakes his death because their excuse is just going to be, well, Sherlock's really smart. Yeah, that's you know, weak for me. It, it would, it would, it would be more interesting if they did what they did in Game of, in Sherlock Holmes, the Game of Shadows movie. I thought you were going to say Game of Thrones. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. It would be more interesting if they did what they did in the Game of Shadows movie, the the Robert Downey Jr. movie, where he dies, but we know he's not dead, and then he shows up, and it's a fun, quirky scene, and you're like, ah, but he gets through it because he's Sherlock Holmes, and they don't have to talk about it. Which is a um, true Sherlock Holmes story. I read, uh, I went back and I read the history of Sherlock Holmes. That actually is how it happened. Well, yeah, because he uh, he killed off Sherlock Holmes because he hated that yep, character, he did. Uh, and then brought him back because he needed a new boat. Yeah. Uh, well, he needed to pay his rent, really. Um, but yeah, it, I don't I think like it's great. Movie, though. I I really would have um, I would have rather they just come up with a cool mystery and let him keep writing mysteries. Um, the one thing that it does do is it gives gets them back to a status quo so that when he comes back, he won't be this famous detective. He'll be able to, you know... This is one of the things they address in that episode, is that, like, he's famous now. He can't be a normal detective. Um, but yeah. that's only true because they made that true. So I'm not in love with it. Um, what I am in love with... Sorry, did you have something else to say? Yeah, I was going to say, Russell pointed out to me that in the Hound of the Baskerville episodes, there was a bunch of lines between him and the doctor in the in the lab. Yeah, and talking about cloning, so that's why I think uh, I'd be Sherlock somehow made a. I guess cloning can happen really quick, like gestation period, like creating a alternate version of yourself happens within a month or so. Yeah, if you want to make up whatever shit you want, then yeah, it does. And then he sent that to meet with Moriarty. <sighs> that seems really lame. Yeah, 
I would be very disappointed. What's the only explanation that? I can think of that makes sense? Yeah. Other than just, yeah, he's really smart and he knows how to fake his death. Either way, I think it's a disappointing character moment. Um, the the thing that I did really love this week, though, was... I don't think that's going to help. Um, <laughs> punching yourself in the neck does not make your cough stop. Um, Hatfields and McCoys, the History Channel miniseries uh, that they did, which History Channel, as far as I know, has never done a scripted television show like Kennedy's. this. Anyone we, called the Kennedys? Really? I've never heard of this. And, yeah, well, because uh, it wasn't very accurate, I guess. Oh. And they got a lot of flack for it, so they weren't going to air it ever and just release it on DVD. Then it oh. ended up showing on Reels Channel or Stars, I forget. Huh. But yeah, the Hatfield and McCoys is their second like big... How, how many years ago was this? Just a couple? Just maybe last year. Oh, wow. A year or two. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. But Hatfield and McCoys starring Kevin Costner and, and Bill Paxton... Uh, and man, it's good. Uh, all three episodes aired this week. Uh, and about halfway through, I was going, why is this a miniseries? Like this could, I want to see this as a show. Uh, one of the things I think they do so amazingly well is that, um, it's written in such a way that you never really feel like there is a scene where they sit down and they're making this choice of like, well, we could get revenge or we could let this go now. You know, you, you always feel like, they are just tech- taking the next step and it is just getting worse and worse and worse. Um, and they do a good job of telling you the history, uh, assuming that the history is accurate, which I will say is up in the air. I don't really know the story that well, which is part of why I was interested in seeing it. Assuming that the history is accurate, they do a great job of uh, giving it to you in a way that is um, informative while still being really good drama. Um, they don't make a point of the fact that Basically, based on the way they tell you, none of it would have happened if not for the fact that one of the McCoys says that one of the Hatfields is having sex with his dog, and for that reason, that Hatfield shoots that McCoy, and the whole thing spurns from that. Um, but underlying it is also this whole idea that, um, uh, I think his name is Arnez Hatfield, ran away from the Civil War near the end of the Civil War, deserted from the Civil War when he knew that they were going to lose, and that that's why the McCoys are mad at him. Um it's really great. The The romance story in it is really interesting because it is a Romeo and Juliet story where Romeo is actually kind of a player and wants to have sex with other people too. Um, it's really cool. People should check it out for sure. Do you know who the director of that is? No, I don't. I forget his name, but he also directed Waterworld and Robin Hood. Oh, no. And uh, I guess they had a huge, uh, him and Kevin Costner had a huge falling out. Because about Kevin Costner's accent in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and uh, oh, editing. He directed uh, Count of Monte Cristo, Kevin Reynolds? Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Reynolds. Yeah. Man, his Count of Monte Cristo was really good. Yeah. And so they, uh, but when this movie became available, I, I read this uh, interview with Kevin Costner in Entertainment Weekly, and he said that he wanted them to kind of, we can make a good movie, and, you know, they wanted he wanted to work together with him. Wow. He is also the the screenwriter for the Red Dawn remake, but that's really cool. I really like his Crown of Monte Cristo. Me too. That makes it, now I, it kind of makes sense why this is because it is, it's really well directed. Um, it never feels like a like a History Channel reenactment, so that's good. And that's everything I've been watching. Ooh. Brad, can you can you suffer through? I don't know if I can get through this because I have it's like our, five things. It's our one year anniversary. Just keep them short. <laughs> you can do this. The fans okay. have faith in you. Um, my voice holds out. Um, so the first thing I revisited was the Matrix sequels. Oh, no way. Watched them back to back. Oh, wow. Um, 
And I have to say, they are better than I remembered, but not by much. Um, <laughs> Did you actually enjoy them? The th- I guess my biggest complaint is the first movie had a question, what is the Matrix? Mm-hmm. And then the second movie doesn't have a question. It just tries to explain the fact that man and machine need to find out how to live together. There's no solution. Like, n- neither side is going to win. They just have to learn to get get along together. So that's, like, th- why there's no mystery. There's no nothing interesting. It's yeah. just all this uh, philosophy and um, ideas spouted at you and all these, you know, table conversation scenes and then action in between each of that there's no like you know morpheus leads you through this mystery in the first one it's it's exciting and then the other one's just like like you're reading a philosophy textbook and yeah um there's no like what if like there is one question like what happens if the program crosses over into the real world which is the agent thing or the agent smith thing but all he ends up being is just this villain who never gets anywhere. Yeah. He just grows too big within himself and multiplies and has cool action scenes. But, he, you know, he has that one crossover into the one human character, but he gets dispatched pretty quickly. I, I've always felt like those movies are very masturbatory because it's like they they want to have... It, it, it's a lot of action sequences. We have to fight these guys to get to this guy that we want to talk about. And it's them trying to make excuses to be a smart action movie. Like, look how cool our action is, and then look how smart we yeah. are. And then look how cool our action is, and neither of those things is actually very good. I feel like the when the Wachowski's got the budget for the second two, they're like, oh, we can finally make, like, our Star Wars. So they overloaded it with all these, you know, machines and cool battle sequences and stuff they can do with the first movie. And it's just like, it's so unnecessary. Yeah. The philosophy in matrix one is really cool because it's subtle and understated, which yeah. is the same word for two, th- there are two words for the same thing, but, but, um, uh, the special effects actually, I remember them being terrible. Uh, but actually a lot of them were actually pretty good. Uh, except for in the, when he, uh, after Neo meets with the Oracle for the first time. Yeah. In the, in the second one, um, when it gets later on into the agent Smith fight, um, you know, the, the yeah. CG Neo comes out and you notice it, but yeah. for a good chunk of that fight, it's actually pretty, pretty mm-hmm. natural looking. And then the final one with Agent Smith where he's, you know, flying between the burly brawls like Superman, um, that gets kind of bad. But the, like when they, after he meets with the Merovingian and they have that battle in the hallway and then the, like the LA freeway scene is pretty good and Trinity busting through the power plant. I don't remember those movies at all. Yeah. So, like, it's actually pretty good, but, um, again, it's just the lack of mystery just kind of makes it not fun. And then uh, I also saw (coughs) uh, Roger Rabbit Midnight. Nice. Oh, cool. Last night, and uh, that was fun. Uh, There was a scene missing from the print. (laughs) Wow, really? And uh, the audience... When um, Jessica Rabbit comes out and does her little thing, the actual audience kind of cat her and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too cool! Actually, Jessica Rabbit has one of my favorite lines in movies ever. When she says, "I'm not bad, I'm just drawn that way," they cheered at that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, people love that line. Um, yeah, and that's a good movie. It's like it got a good mystery to it. It's yeah, not just that movie is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I would I, love, I love to I love see. The, and yeah, it, and I I love when he comes in, and I always when I was a kid, I always was fascinated with the making of it, and you know when uh, Valiant is holding Roger underwater, and the weasels come in, and 
my favorite weasel was the leading guy because he was always such a dick. And he says, step out of line, Valiant, and we'll hang you and your laundry out <laughs> to dry. And he splashes the water. And when I was a kid in there showing how they made that, I'm like, oh, that's so cool how they did that. And so that scene, I always love that scene. And I, I just love the weasels and, you know, he beats them up because he can't stop laughing because that kills him. I think that's so creative. Yeah. I love that movie. I should yeah. watch that again. And I think the special effects hold up. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. There's they, something, they should do more movies like that. There's something kind of weird about that that animated special effect that that still, like, even when they use it, um, if you've ever seen The Shadow with Alec Baldwin, they use that, that cartoony drawn in special effects for stuff. Um, and it it holds up. If you watch it, in high def, you can see the special effect, but uh, like you can see them drawing in, but it still looks really cool. Um, there was a very short-lived kind of um, uh, yeah style. Yeah, uh, it's not CG, but yeah. yeah. I also watched Troll Hunter, which is oh uh, yeah that uh, low-budget <laughs> troll hunting movie. <laughs> from oh Norway. man, that movie is awesome. Have you seen it? Yeah. Norway yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we Norway? talked about it Norway. on the show. Yeah, we have talked about it before. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll pass then. <laughs> well, but no. What did you think? Uh, I think for the budget, it was pretty good. Yeah, like it's pretty impressive. There's some really, there's some, there's some fun ideas in there. I think. And this, yeah. This, I, the only thing is, the, the CGI still isn't that great. Like, no. I, was, I was told like it's amazing given no. what they had. It is amazing given what they had, but it's also really obvious that they're CGI. yeah 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 trolls um but it's cool that they're you know all the different kinds that they have and the, yeah. the lore that is kind of yeah developed around it like some things that like i'm just familiar with like bridge trolls but apparently they can grow alternate heads and yeah. um <laughs> what else and the like like the power lines are actually only in the uh, yeah, only out there in the hill in the hills loop, to keep yeah. to like you know fence off the trolls those aren't yeah. actual power lines and yeah. stuff like that yeah it's pretty cool and then like light turns them to stone, but they can yeah. also explode. Yeah, yeah. If they're a certain type of troll, yeah. And then um, that one kid gets scratched or something. What was that? Yeah, I don't remember. You just watched it. Yeah, Somebody gets scratched and like there's a disease or something. Oh yeah, they they have rabies. Yes, that's the thing is that that's why there's the problem is they right. Contractor. That's yeah. So spoiler. Yeah. Uh, spoiler. Uh, they have rabies. I also watched. Uh, uh, then yeah, finally I watched the uh, the dictator. Oh really? You got to go see it? Yeah, today. First of all, and did you like Bruno or, or Borat? I like Borat, and I like Bruno. Yeah. Okay, so how is the dictator? It is uh, not quite as funny. Oh, yeah, it's uh, got probably two great jokes in it. Ooh, so Bur- not by Bur- not quite as funny, you mean really not funny? I I gotta admit, I was kind of disappointed. Like, it's not terrible, but it's uh, also just not as fresh and hmm. um, as know. biting as. Uh, as a Borat, I guess. To me, like I, I, I don't think nine eleven will ever be funny. Yeah, I was trying to sit there going, like, I like subver- subversive jokes, but somehow this is still not funny. Yeah, well, when three thousand well, people al- die instantly, it's not that cool. Is it actually nine eleven jokes, or is it just sort of that no, like, racial? That's, that's just a little bit of the. I mean, you, there are definitely jokes. Like there is that one that uh, what's his name gives uh, in the trailer about like you know when you the better visit the Eiffel Tower before one of your friends blows it up. Yeah, like, there's jokes like that. Um, most of the jokes are like uh, uh, subjugation of women, or um, uh, always sub- a, always a good time. Uh, democracy and rights and stuff, and yeah. just um, and murder. I, <laughs> it's it's all over the map. I can't even. Yeah, 
explain it all, especially with my voice. Like, I don't want to go too much, but... Um, so you wouldn't recommend it? Uh, I, it might be fun to watch on video. If it comes, on, if it comes yeah. on TV. So he says, not fun to watch. So you're saying if it were up at 2 in the morning and it's on TBS, then it wouldn't hurt to just sit there and watch it? How's Anna, or Anna Ferris? Hmm? Oh, yeah, she's funny, I guess, but her... I don't know, her, her character has, like, all these, um, like, she's a, she's an activist, but she also ends up falling for her. Uh, the, the dictator character, who oh. never really, he changes a little bit, changes his ways by the end, but he still um, sure. kind of slightly works his way around her policies. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Oh, you know what? You said Anna, Anna Ferris. I forgot to say... Tell you that before Emma Stone accepted her award tonight, they had all these people that worked with her tell you know like how do I describe Emma Stone? And it has Steve Carell, and it starts off that it's really sweet, but then all of a sudden it goes into how much of a bitch she is. And uh, <laughs> Steve Carell says, "If I if I could describe Emma Stone in two words, it'd be asshole McAssholeson." <laughs> it's <was, laughs> freaking brilliant. Oh man. So yeah, cool. Also, uh, the Matrix thing again. I also didn't buy the militaristic. Uh, um, society that they developed in the Zion. Z- in Zion, yeah. I, I didn't. I remember the name of the city. I didn't nice. believe that if that happened, like people would rally around like a structured, almost Star Trek military. Oh, I see. Or, what you mean. or yeah. rebel alliance force like that. Oh, okay. I, I yeah, it'd be a little more chaotic. I guess now you say that Star Wars. Yeah, I guess I can see that where it's like they got this big budget. Now we're gonna, yeah. Like there's that yeah. one character Locke, who's you know the, uh, you know the. Morpheus' yeah. rival, yeah. who's like, mm-hmm. every time someone has a plan, he's like, well, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to send a bunch of my guys out on, on their deaths you know, with that plan, or I need both those ships. I can't afford to lose one. Like that yeah. tired old um, cliche. Like, yeah, just See, if they were better writers... a council of elders. Like, I don't... If they were better writers, they would have revealed that he was actually a bloodbender, just like they did in The Legend of the Korra this week. Yeah. What? What? I'm just I'm just saying it was really cool, man. Oh, it was so <laughs> Save cool. Save it for your Legend of Korra podcast, James. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. <laughs> Speaking of masturbatory, jeez. Oh, it was so cool. Is that everything you me. saw? That is for me. Yeah. Cool. Hey guys, guess what? We saw Snow White and the Huntsman this week. Brad, should people go see Snow White and the Huntsman? If you like style over substance, absolutely. Um Whoa, 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 whoa. James, should people go see Snow White and the Husband? <laughs> uh, I that was well that was well phrased. Um, I love what this movie wants to be, uh, but unfortunately, it has fat in all of the wrong places and sabotages itself left and right. Um, so no, uh, if 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 you just want to see it for the visual aspects, then I would say rent it at some point. But the truth is. By the end, and especially after I started, it's been a couple of days since we saw it, um, having had a chance to actually think about it, n- no. Uh, straight up, I, th- I think that it fails at what it tries to do. Um, yeah, I, 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 I have a hard time with this movie because a part of me actually enjoyed the movie a lot. Yeah, but another part of me was like, eh, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's oh, I do. Uh, so, anyways, here's the trailer. Well, wait, before okay. we, before we roll the trailer, uh, because Brad, after stop, the tra- stop, don't roll it yet. Okay, <laughs> <Go>. <laughs> uh, but, you know, after the trailer, we t- we start getting into spoilers. So, I do want to say, like, it, I enjoyed it as I was watching it. Mm-hmm. But what I found was that I was 
I was constantly giving it a little bit of leeway because I thought that the third act was going to be really yeah. good. I thought it was going to wrap everything up and, and really pull my heartstrings in the right way, but I, it just sort of drops everything. It picks up great themes and then just drops them. Um, I've, I, I guess I guess you should... You, you should see it if you want to see a uh, a different take on Snow White. Yeah. Um. I. I, I mean. I. I kind of like. I. I don't know. I'll have to. If, I'll talk about it if, and see how. I feel. If I watched it again, I feel like I would be really frustrated. Maybe. by it from the beginning. Maybe. Yeah. Anyways, here's a trailer. Oh, go ahead and push it. for for real this time. Yeah. Go ahead. You sure. It's, it's cool. Okay. Wait. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I'll go. Dude, we've been doing this for a year, and you have you keep on interrupting. Let him just push the fucking button. It's, uh, it's, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are we going? Now. 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 Okay, it's now. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, screw it up when you laugh. All right. Fuck. My queen, yet another kingdom falls to your glory. Is there no end to your power? Okay, good. <laughs> so the movie is, I mean, it's basically a darker telling of Snow White. Yeah. You kind of do have to know the story of Snow White. To, yeah. Uh, and, 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 because they won't tell you things like the apple yeah, is poison and exactly. the only thing that breaks it is a f- true love's first kiss. Which is actually, w- it, when you get to that, that's my favorite part of the movie. It's actually one of my worst. Really? Part, okay. least Anyways, I feel like movie. if you don't know that stuff, this movie is really confusing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, I agree. But who doesn't know it? 
uh, people younger than us? No, no, no. People younger than us are still watching Snow White. Because what are they going to do? Only when they get it every 10 years when Disney releases it. (laughs) Oh, snap. Uh, I think the most people know that story. There's a couple things that I will say about this movie. One, I think uh, uh, Charlize Theron was really good in it. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I, you know... uh, Brad I mean, she's she's hardcore chewing scenery, oh, but God. in a way that is just I I, I think, think she has great. to be though. I, yeah. yeah, I think she has to because the rest of it's so boring. Yeah, <laughs> like she's not given great villain dialogue, but stylistically, everything around her is so cool that yeah, I think she, she has to just show up and chew scenery in a way that is you can't not feel like, stare at her and just be fascinated. I feel like clips from her performance in this movie are going to end up on the Hollywood Babylon over actors segment oh <laughs> i think that would be unfair i think she's doing what what is required by for her from her by the role yeah and i will say too um why while i don't believe Kristen stewart as a warrior at all yeah um when she smiles she's not that ugly no when she smiles she is very attractive but but all of her smiles end with this <laughs> moment of doubt as if she didn't ask for permission first. And it's really, <laughs> honestly, I want to be friends with her so that I can teach her that it's okay to be yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's how I feel. Like, she she is pouty through most of this movie, and it's kind of, uh, and as I referenced before, she doesn't have any dialogue. So you don't, I, I feel like I never get to know this character. I never really relate to her. Um, I, I, I know the villain more than I know her, and I know her through the villain. That's it. Um, she gets one speech at the end, and it's okay. Like, it's not a bad speech, but I don't, don't see the way her. she... I don't believe her, because I don't know... I, I don't see her relating to other people. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Basically, she just runs through the whole movie. Yeah, and calling her the fairest of them all, I mean... Which I could forgive <laughs> if she were interesting. I, here, here was my, This was the first thing that happened where I was like... Oh no, you've you've misstepped here. Which is that um, this is supposed to be sort of this darker tale of Snow White, right? Mm-hmm. So she is locked up in the tower, and this dude comes up to get her so that the queen can eat her heart. And he comes in, and clearly he is gonna get all rapey on her. And you're like, this is horrible. And we know that she's got this nail. And at this point, I am in this movie. I am there. I think this is going to be awesome. And I think she's going to turn around with that nail and like just bury it in his neck. And as she holds his neck and he is bleeding to death, she's going to give him some speech about, like, you have done a horrible thing here. Like, you have made me into this, this you know, uh, strong person who is going to fight you to the very last breath. Like... That that is how great because we've been told earlier in the narration like she has this she has so much heart she is this strong person right and I think I'm gonna see that strong person and she scratches him in the face and runs away and th- he is then our villain for most of the movie and I'm going are you kidding me like where is that strong person like just because she's innocent doesn't mean that she can't defend herself and kill evil rapist douches you know what's funny is I was talking to our friend Sierra about this yesterday. And because I've been watching so much Buffy, I said, if Sarah Michelle Gellar was in that, this would be so much cooler. Because, because Sarah Michelle Gellar would have something stabbed, yeah. and kill him. And, but yeah, exactly. No, I agree. Um, yeah. You, I mean, that, that part was, you know, because what I'm trying to say here. One, two, why didn't she just kill her anyways? I, because Earlier she on, yeah. Because yeah. she didn't even, the mirror didn't reveal that she would stay young forever. I guess there must be a scene edited I think out maybe, where the mirror told her not to kill her until she comes of age. I think maybe it's because when she's a little kid, she's not 
she wouldn't be considered the fairest of them all so that like whatever whatever power she would have to make the queen Im- oh, immortal I wouldn't guess, be true yeah. until she is a grown woman yeah, and I would guess. actually be the fairest person on the, of okay. them all one of my favorite actual like little character moments though is when at the wedding when she's walking and she sees that everybody's not quite looking at her and she realizes everybody lo- is looking at snow white right mm-hmm. behind her and just the look on charlise's theron's face of like 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 because that's the first moment where we see her hate mm-hmm. snow white like that was really cool, but then yeah. of course it, it it never really goes anywhere from that. No, um, you know I, I actually I thought Chris Hemsworth is good in it. Um, I mean, he, but again, a sort of a shallow character. No, like, no, what? he is. I think so too. I, I um, the only reason you find out who he is is by his, you know, basically his narration and yeah. Um, yeah, that scene where like they catch him and they're like, "Your wife's dead, and we're gonna get her back for you." Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I. Yeah, I, I think he's a like a charming guy, anyways. Yeah. So you kind of he does for a him. he does a good job with that role. Uh, the, the, I think the the dwarfs I really enjoyed um, because yeah, the, holy the, shit, amazing like, actors, cast. Yeah. yeah, Ian McShane. The marketing doesn't say Ian McShane, Nick Frost, Bob Hoskins. Yeah, yeah, Bob Hoskins. That's uh, right. Eddie As Marsan. Um, every other British actor you yeah, love. What's his name from Crystal Skull? Um, oh, I forget. I know who you're talking about. You mean though. John Hurt? John Hurt's not in that. No, the no, 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 the Mac, the little guy. Well, they're all little. Anyways, sure. but but you know the the parts of this movie I actually I, I did enjoy was the fairy tale aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It was a very much a fairy tale. Uh, I like the bridge troll, which the bridge was actually a troll. Yeah, which um, it was cool, but that scene's too short. Yeah, I agree. And it and it ends with that was another part problem of mine is that I thought the theme that they were setting up with the queen that like. Basically, she has this magic, but that the actual source of her magic is her beauty. So when mm. she when she uses magic on something, she gets older, she gets less beautiful. And I thought that is so cool. Like here is this this uh, figure of a woman who all of her power in in the world comes from how pretty she is, and sort of this idea of how fleeting that is. Um, but the only way that that theme makes sense is if it's a binary. If you, if we see Snow White as getting her power from somewhere else, but we don't at the end of that troll sequence, the troll sees Snow White stares at her for a while and leaves. And I'm like, was it cause she's pretty? Was it cause like she doesn't get out there and she does scream at it, I guess, but it's not a very, uh, yeah. But you know, the, but I love that part. Cause too, when the, the dwarves took her into, the, where they lived in that fairy tale area, I thought yeah. was really cool. Oh yeah. Um, it just, I just thought that because sometimes movies like that, they might not be willing to take that jump into being a fairy tale. Yeah. Where they actually embraced it, and um, all the all the details are so well thought out. Yeah. Everything, everything that it's you beautiful. see, I mean, the, is the cool movie's beautiful. To look at. Yeah. Uh, oh man, like that. Um, when the queen turns into birds yeah. and then she comes back and she's been all beat up and the birds just fly straight into the ground and just pop like birds flying into a clean glass window, you know, and it's, it's disturbing and gross. And then she crawls out of the bloody mess like that just visually is so amazing. I want an awesome movie where that happens. <laughs> but at that point, I am so bored by these characters that and then someone who can who has been locked in a tower for all of her life can suddenly don chain mail and armor and fight the queen one-on-one with a sword. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. She, she's had no sword training. Well, she did. The one thing she was trained is how she killed the queen. Well, if they, atta- <laughs> if, if they swing at you from the upper right, then yes, you can block and then, yeah. 
Yeah, um, I guess there's that one thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she also like ride a horse. Really uh, but well she was, uh, yeah, really well too. Um, you know, you hinted at it earlier. Your least favorite part. My actual favorite part of the movie was uh, after uh, everyone knows the story of Snow White. She takes a bite of an apple. She falls into a sleep. Yeah. People think she's dead. Prince Charming, who I thought is actually the worst character in the movie. Uh, I think he's badass, but he's very shallow. Yeah. Like, like his his archery skills are cool. Yeah. Like the way that well, shot. But, but not when Hawkeye's been in theaters this year. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. Uh, I don't know. There's a scene where he somebody shoots an arrow at him. He catches it, then knocks another arrow and shoots two arrows back at them. Yeah. That is pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, Prince Charming kisses her and it doesn't wake her up. But when um, the huntsman kisses her, she does wake up. And to me, uh, when I was thinking about it and talking about it with Sierra, I don't think it's her true love. I think it's the person who believes in her the most. And uh, and that's why what caused her to wake up. And I thought that and I thought Uh, that that's that's an interesting way to look at it, because the reason I hate it is because I think that that is a scene because. I I actually enjoyed you don't see much of it but the little interplay between the young Snow White and the young mm-hmm. Prince William I thought was was like I I saw their chemistry there mm-hmm. and in the scene that we have where um Snow White kisses the queen disguised as Prince William mm-hmm. I I liked their chemistry there even though I could kind of tell like oh this isn't really him mm-hmm. but I still thought that he was playing it like he was Prince William so I liked their chemistry there mm-hmm. so I believed in the two of them together and that's why I think that the whole triangle is just messed. Like mm-hmm. they're trying to set up a love triangle, but it's just messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like what they should have done was have um, the huntsman get to her first after she's dead, and perf- you know just talk about how he loves her and how he's so he's so sorry that she is dead, and that he is, so that she could be the symbol for his dead wife. And then he kisses her, and she doesn't wake up. And then That's Prince awesome. William comes and kisses her and he wakes up. And then we have this awesome moment where it's like you realize that the huntsman loves her, but in her heart of hearts, she doesn't love him. She loves Prince William because they've been in love since they were kids. Mm-hmm. And that then at the end, he could he could sacrifice himself to save her. And then the name Snow White and the Huntsman has this beautiful, heartbreaking tone to it. I Like, that's what I expected that third act to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's not. What happens is... She gets queen, and she doesn't choose a dude. We never see who she ends up with. There is no... She, she doesn't need one, dude. Why do chicks always have to be defined by the male relationship they're in? She's not defined by <laughs> it, but I would like to know the end of the story. Well, they need in a the same way, In the same way that Buffy can be powerful and interesting and fun and still worry about her relationships and still like to go shopping, that's what Snow White needs to be. I thought they were just saying that it wasn't necessarily... Uh, it like it was just supposed to be true love's kiss, not so much true love for her. So the fact oh. that the huntsman really loved his own wife, like it was that love within himself that woke. Uh, yeah, I guess up. basically the same thing. Yeah, because yeah, I, because he always said that he sees his wife in her and he believes in her, and he told her that the people will rally behind you because people believe in you too, like I believe in you. And she got him to you know quit drinking and be, um, being a better person and caring about her and. I guess. So to me, it was that he's he uh, believed in her the most, and that's what broke the spell. I I oh, would I like I would like to have seen a definitive answer on that. I would I would like to, there to have actually been some weight on that. I I don't I don't I don't think that they convey that well enough for me to believe it. You know, uh, speaking of Buffy, uh, I've seen season two, and when she's about to kill Angel, 
I was like, no, Buffy, don't do it. And Aww. it still got me. It's so good. It's so good, man. <laughs> that's what. That's a strong female character. Well, no, she. You understand? She still has to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. I know. I was gonna she say. does. But you know. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar breaks my heart when she cries, like Allison Hannigan. Allison Hannigan's way worse. Allison <laughs> Hannigan. When Allison Hannigan cries, it gets into my soul and <laughs> eats a little bit of it. So you know what we're seeing next week? Madagascar three escape no. to Madagascar. No, <laughs> I'm like not. To move it. No. Move it. Yeah. No. Like to move. Afro circus. Please tell me there's something better that we could see. Anything. Anything oh, better. You know, wait. You want to go see Moonrise Kingdom? Moonrise Kingdom. That's yeah, right. That. Moonrise Kingdom. We're going to see Moonrise Kingdom next week. Um, it's a whimsical romp through the mind of Wes Anderson, starring Bruce Willis and I Bill Murray. I, I, hate, gonna, I hate you guys. It's going to be great. So next week, look forward to our review <laughs> of Moonrise Kingdom. I hate um, you guys so much. Actually, next week we'll be seeing. Well, you can you can actually look forward because I got the Blu-ray re- of uh, Alien, so you can look forward to my review of that because I'll watch that this week. Cool. Um, but actually, what we're seeing next week is Prometheus, is Wee! the movie that James has been waiting Wee! for um, all year. All year, Wee! James loves this movie so much that when there's a trailer for Prometheus in a Wee! theater, he plugs his ears and closes his eyes so he doesn't see. That Michael Fassbender's dick is like flapping around in it and stuff. So yeah, monster, no. yeah. The xenomorph is, yeah. No, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I can't Prometheus. wait. Uh, My most anticipated movie of the summer. I, I you know, a uh, little quick note on Prometheus. I was watching um, the Rockies game today, and they had a new trailer for it that tied in Coors Light and Prometheus. <laughs> it was really bizarre. Were they, were they drinking Coors Light on the Prometheus? No, like the Prometheus would show like clips from the movie. And then it'd be like a slow-turning Coors Light can. <laughs> and it said, Coors Light Prometheus, this summer's coolest, I forget what it was. Coolest combination. Yeah, something like that. Get drunk and go see the movies. Yeah. Please don't do that. You will yell at the so, screen. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that there's product placement for Coors Light on Prometheus. Oh, man. Like, Prometheus is like a stock car, and uh, as it passes by, like, the sun, you see, like, a reflection of Coors Light on the side. Well, and, you know, it's not. It's supposed to be set in the, in the not-too-distant future. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be set in... Still the 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 twenties or something or twenty ones or something. Or the like space that, so. jockey transforms into a silver bullet. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, you've seen that commercial where the pint lifts off. Maybe that's how yeah. Prometheus launches into <laughs> orbit. Go, it go. attaches <laughs> to a Coors Light can <laughs> with rockets. So yeah, next week that Prometheus. Be, that better not happen. I'll be so sad. So thanks for listening to us for a year. If you have, yeah. we really appreciate it. We're excited. Or, or even if this is your first one. Yeah, we're excited. You can catch us live at Denver Comic Con June fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth. We're gonna you have can, some swag, some competition. Yeah, we're gonna Keep have swag listening. competition. Please listen to see how you can win free stuff from Real Nerds. You can also email us realnerds at gmail dot com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can also like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our new website. RealNerdsPodcast.com. Oh, it's like we rehearsed that. It is. Thanks for everybody listening. Thanks, Brad, for editing the show and doing a great job. James, thank you for getting our stickers going. I couldn't do this without uh, my friends. And thank everybody for listening. And I love my wife, and she's so beautiful sitting in front of me. Thanks for listening. It's like you won an award. I know, right? It's like I won the MTV Trailblazer Podcast Trailblazer Award. Um, so thanks, everybody, and we look forward to... No, Brian, thank you. M- oh, thank you, James. Many more years of watching movies together Absolutely. and bitching about them and loving them. As I said back at Christmas, this is an excuse to watch movies every week. And it's a great excuse. And getting me back into comic books. I mean, I'm always into comic books, but um, now that I'm really doing this stuff, I'm uh, rediscovering my love and rediscovering my love for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Go uh, read comics. Go read, read comics. Go, support go it because... Um, comics are a good way for children to learn how to read, learn how to be artistic, 
Um, Plus, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to say. I'm getting all sentimental here, but uh, I just want to say thanks to you guys. You guys have anything to say if, after a year of doing this? Um, I wish that Brad wasn't sick. Yeah, me too. Yeah, what a dick. Way yeah. to ruin our fucking year anniversary show. Oh, that's unfair. Oh. No, I want to see... I, I feel like if, if, if anything, in this next year, we should try to see, you know, every now and then when there's a movie that we know is going to be bad, let's avoid it. And see something that, you know, maybe most people aren't saying. I think we should commit ourselves to that. That's That works. Hey, Brad, people can also call us. Why don't you tell us what the phone number is so people can call in? I haven't memorized the actual numbers, but I know it's 720-6-5. Nice. So whatever numbers, letters those numbers represent. Num- what? Whatever whatever numbers those le- letters represent. Yeah. yeah. Call that. Yeah, leave call us. it and leave us a voicemail. And you'll hear yourself on our podcast. Please do. So, again, thanks, everybody. Um, next week, I'm really looking forward to Prometheus. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.